You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We've got our take cannons loaded and ready. ready. Absolutely dominant on deep routes. Absolutely dominant on short the routes. boys are back, baby. Excellent separation against man coverage. This is Reception, Reception, the show. Yo, what's cracking, everybody? James Co. Matt Harmon here with you. You're listening to Reception, Perception, the show. Matt, how are you doing on this beautiful, what is it, uh, Wednesday night? Uh, the, the folks going to be listening to this on a Thursday as they're getting ready for a big time week 16. Oh, buddy, I'm doing so good. We have a huge Thursday night game this week. I hope everybody's excited to watch uh, that. We got, we're going to talk about one of those players in the segment that we have today. But, James, I'm doing so fantastic because we're sitting here on a Wednesday night. The That's Pro right. Bowl roster just dropped, and I That's right. don't really care about this, but I so <laughs> much care that Terry McLaurin made the Pro Bowl roster wow. for the wow. NFC. Wow. Breaking news. <laughs> Shocking development. The Pro Bowl voters show that they know ball by having Terry McLaurin as the fourth uh, Pro Bowl wide receiver in the NFC this year. I just scared the hell out of my dog. I don't care. It's all worth it. But let's get into the meat of our show here. Uh, and we're going to talk wide receivers. And <laughs> listen, we, we spent a lot of time on this show, Matt, talking about the studs. We spent a lot of time talking about Justin Jefferson, A.J. Brown, Terry McCoy, like just the beasts uh, of the NFL. But that being said, I actually think a lot of where you make your hay as like a reputation maker uh, is kind of sort of what you would classify as goofballs. <laughs> it's a good We're thing we got about- the Pro Bowl talk out of the, like the good thing we had that to start the show off and just like that was <laughs> off the cuff because now, you know, we got to like cleanse the palate a little bit, like talking about, yeah. oh, who's better, Terry McLaurin or Amon Ross St. Brown. And now it's like, right. all right, let's uh, let's get down in the muck here. <laughs> Um, hey, listen, one of the mottos, I think, um, and I helped you, I helped you kind of come up with this many, many moons ago. Uh, I yes. remember reading all your stuff and I said, I said to you, Matt, you know, what's great about your stuff is that reception perception helps you find out who is good before they're good. Um, and a lot of times these guys graduate from goofballs to solid NFL contributors. Um, and I think that's kind of where we might be with some of these guys on this list. Zay Jones, Donovan Peoples Jones, there's Matt Collins, Darius Slayton, who we've talked about. Um, I'm very interested in Terrace Marshall, Rashid, and Rashid Shahid. Um, and so well, let's play a little bit of game of uh of buy or sell. You and I will talk buy or sell surprising wide receiver performances. We have to start. I don't know how this guy, how we have talked about this guy this much, but Zay Jones has been a very popular topic on this program many a time. Buy or sell Zay Jones? 
Zay Jones, like we talked on Monday, I, I pushed this off to this show because I wanted to go in and like actually do the reception perception deep dive, get at least three games in on Zay Jones and, and all these guys that we're going to talk about. I've got at least three games on now, except, except uh, Shahid and Marshall, just, uh, just from a sample size perspective. But um, Zay Jones was kind of the birth of this. Cause I, has there been a more, I, even just, I guess from a fantasy perspective, has there been a more surprising receiver performance? I mean, the guy was like, you do, you do sicko underdog best ball drafts. And the guy was like an 18th uh, round pick. Uh, I mean, I, yeah. I think, but he's wide receiver 20 on the season. I think actually, you know, shout Crazy. out to the guys over at underdog, like their big best ball mania three tournament or whatever. I think I saw he has like the highest advance rate for any player because he's been, he's outkicked his draft cost that much. And James, right. this is what I have the most. Uh, this is a, uh, I have so much anxiety about this stuff because, and I, this is, I'm really being vulnerable for, for you and the listeners here. Because every year, you know, I feel like I didn't chart enough guys. I didn't do enough <laughs> That's players. Right. That's every right. year, I could do 70. I could do 80. I could do 85. And, and I've gotten like close to 80. I, I think the, at least over 70 the last couple of years, if you include prospects. And I never feel like I got to enough guys. Didn't get to Zay Jones this year. And I'm pissed about it. Because, <laughs> listen, I, I'm, I'm pissed. I'm so upset. And DPJ too. I'm pissed about not getting to DPJ because he's been like wide receiver 33. And like, you could have seen that coming just from like a, not this level of performance coming, but just like they're out there playing. I mean, Zay Jones plays like 90% of the snaps. Donovan people Jones plays like 90% of the snaps. Like you're out there, you're going to produce like, and it's not that I think I could have been like, Oh yeah, Zay Jones is going to be wide receiver 20, but having a better, having an RP profile on him, would have, would have been, I wish I'd done that instead of like Isaiah McKenzie or Kenny Galladay for God's sakes, you know, like, so I don't know. I wanted to be vulnerable up front. Okay. Let's, let's go back there. Well, let me give a, let me give the listeners a little backstory here, which is really funny. Um, and this is totally random and like, and again, I, I, it was like almost random foreshadowing, but I officiated Matt Harmon's wedding. Yes. And as part of my, um, you know, as part of my speech uh, that I did before the whole ceremony began, um, I made a joke, and this is totally a joke, that Matt Harmon is such an absolute sicko about all this stuff that he will chart Zay, week, 15, uh, week 15 Zay Jones game instead of going outside or something along those lines, right? Going out and it's to, a compl- to a bar, which is not true. I would, uh, you know, but, still. <laughs> but it, it's, in the spirit of the joke, it was accurate. Right. And so it would, but it was just a joke. And it was just, you know, like a, you know, kind of like a funny thing to say, because everyone kind of got it. You know, it's like, here's this like rando wide receiver that that Matt would absolutely chart because he's an absolute um, psychopath about this kind of stuff. Uh, Now, that being said, I did think that Zay Jones had flashes last year uh, with the Raiders and then signed with the Jaguars. Look, I love deep sleepers. I didn't have Zay Jones marked up anywhere because I didn't think the offense was going to be that good. As you mentioned, not, he's just crushed his ADP. But what did your you know um, mini sample on Zay Jones find? Yeah, I think Zay Jones. I still think, and, and I probably would have said this going to the year just based on check, you know, just looking at him real quick and, and just thinking about his career. I, I think he probably profiles best as like a team's third best receiver or something like that. I still think that's probably true, which by the way, for Jacksonville, you know, if they get Calvin Ridley back and I, I, every time I talk about the Jaguars, I got to talk about Calvin Ridley because I think there's like a chance that he could be like, there's in the high end of the range of outcomes. He could be like 
what Stefan Diggs was to, to Josh Allen, right? Like I, I, for, for Trevor Lawrence, I think that's still in the range of outcomes, but it's a slimmer chance because we just haven't seen Ridley in so long. So there's a chance Zay Jones might be the Jags third receiver next year, which would be awesome. But um, so Zay Jones, definitely more of a zone beater than a man beater, uh, 77.4% success rate versus zone coverage, which is a nice, like solid Mark um, still think, not a not a vertical threat uh whatsoever nine route success rate really low you know corner route success rate pretty below average but um you know some nice separation on some outbreaking routes uh his out route success rate was really high um you know a little bit of slant route was that was right around the NFL average so you know overall against man coverage he was at about 59% which is certainly not what you want right that's definitely below average no. that's, uh, oh, that's bad. closer towards yeah closer towards the bottom of the league so i don't think he is a and, and this is the thing with Trevor Lawrence. Um, it, it's easy when you're charting Zay Jones to get excited about Trevor Lawrence. Okay. Let, let me just tell you that because, you know, Zay Jones, I think the two things that he does really well, well, three things actually. And I, I, actually, I might post a video about the, the third thing here, but the first two is uh, like I said, good zone beater. I think he knows when to sit down. He knows when to kind of create those open windows. He's not a very good man beater but i do think he's got i mean he won all four contested catch attempts in this three game sample so i think that's a nice skill of his the third thing i think that's really good the third thing i think is really nice for zay jones is uh jones ability to um like when he's not open and and trevor lawrence is on the move is kind of break off that route and present a good target there for his quarterback so that was actually the thing i might i might do a video breaking that down because I think that's a good uh, trait that Zay Jones has. So overall, I think he's run really hot. Obviously, in fantasy, he scored three damn touchdowns last week. That's going to boost you up. But um, so I, I think he's a solid NFL rotational player. I, I'm going to put some respect on Zay Jones's name here, calling him a solid NFL uh, receiver. Do I think he's a star? Going to hold this role down? No, I think the Jags will upgrade at some point. But I mean, very big. That's a win for Trent Baalke and Doug Peterson for a value signing in the offseason, for sure. Okay, so final verdict, Matt Harmon. Buy or sell Zay Jones? Uh, I'm I'm selling him as, like, a guy who's going to produce top 24 wide receiver numbers in fantasy. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> right. a guy who is uh, going to be, you know, I, I, again, I think that it's a position that Jacksonville – knows they need better from than Zay Jones as their best outside receiver, which is why they made the Calvin Ridley trade in the offseason. However, um, I, I would I would buy the idea that he can be there. Like, I thought maybe – I thought Jacksonville, along with Calvin Ridley, based on what Zay Jones was doing in early in the career and, like, my predisposed biases to Zay Jones, I thought that, like, he's a guy they needed to consider um, – moving on from and like, you know, not only just getting Calvin Ridley, but also like drafting somebody early. I think the the way that Jones has shown himself to be a reliable player, a, a zone beater, I think he might be able uh I think he might be able to hang as as like their their long term outside receiver across from Ridley with Christian Kirk in the slot. Okay, so a player that um is in that same stratosphere with him, right? Like as a I, I, I call these guys just regular old professional league average wide receivers. I think Zay Jones certainly fits into that bill. Uh, certainly a player that can make plays, uh, but does he make plays consistently? Mm, not so much. Okay, but I would put Darius Slayton in that mix as well. Give me the, I guess, the likenesses and differences between Zay Jones and Darius Slayton. I think Zay Jones is a bit better. Um... 
like zone coverage guy, a, a smarter player who understands coverages a little more. I think that um, Darius Slayton, when he first popped onto the scene, uh, and what was that like? Two th- he was part of that 2019 draft class. So 2019 and, and 2020, I, when he was first popping on the scene, I kind of compared him to like a Marvin Jones type of player, uh, more of like a vertical stretch uh, outside receiver, a guy who's going to win a bit more down the field, a guy who can win in contested situations. So I think they're pretty different, although, yeah, same bucket of like quality of wide receivers. The funny thing about Darius Slayton is that like if you had told me, OK, they're going to like I just OK, let me put it this way. I always thought it was kind of freaking weird what the Giants did with Darius Slayton this offseason where it was just like we're not like we want to tr- trade Darius Slayton. We want to cut Darius Slayton. Um, <laughs> you know, he's on the roster bubble, right. whatever. You know, they yeah. went through a bunch of I mean, we're talking goofballs of goofballs uh you know before they landed on let's keep Darius Slayton as our top outside receiver yeah and I'm not surprised that Slayton's been you know moderately productive but again similar sort of player in that I I think that Darius Slayton should be a team's third best receiver um right now he's the Giants best outside receiver which is a a problem, but I think (laughs) he's a he's just a professional wide receiver that's pretty good at his job um, in 2019, you had, um, him charted success rate versus man coverage, 66.5%, which is again, not, not great. Uh, but it's also not like the absolute stone cold worst. Right. And then a 78.3% success rate versus zone, which is again, a, a little bit, I would say probably a little bit below average. Yeah. Uh, but, but again, not the worst numbers in the world. So I think what we're looking at here is a guy that's uh, a little bit below average versus man, a little bit below average versus zone, but again, not terrible in either number by any, by any means. Slightly. I would say he's a slightly below average starting wide receiver. Um, Like he's Mm -hmm. right along that borderline and those guys Again, similar to Zay Jones, I think you're always going to want those guys to be your threes. You ideally want, um, you want, you just want better than that, especially on the outside, a guy that's going to be um, stretching the field vertically. You want a bit more of a consistent player, um, but he absolutely should be on the field. Like he should be on the field, and he should be a Agreed. guy that that is part of your wide receiver rotation. Um, that, some of these other guys on this na- this list, I'm I'm not sure. Um, <laughs> I, I, I'm, not, I'm not sure if I think that about some of these other guys that we're going to talk about here, but Darius Slayton actually kind of stood out to me because I, I crowdsource this a little bit with folks on Twitter. Like who is, yeah. who are, who is some guys that we should include in this discussion, you know, in yeah. the Zay Jones, the DPJ mold. Um, a lot of people brought up Darius Slayton, but I was kind of like, you know, we've, we've, we've got film on Darius Slayton. Like it's, I just think it's a little weird. I think he got unfairly bucketed into this group because of the way a giant staff that, by the way, I think has done an incredible job incredible um, since the moment they got there. But I think this was one thing that was a little bit short-sighted to kind of really, really be trying so hard to move on from Darius Slayton. You know, that guy Colin Johnson was going to play over him, like David Sills. I mean, who are these guys? Like we have film on Darius Slayton, you know, and I think he, I think I'm not surprised that he's been a productive player for them this year. And I think what it comes down to is like, does he have a steady role? Like, does he have a role that makes sense? And I think he does have a role that makes sense um, in most offenses, like as a wide receiver three, 
that can stretch the field at times. Is he the best at going downfield? No. If he was really, really good at going downfield, I tell you what, he wouldn't be a rando guy, right? But no, I think as a wide receiver three who has some vertical stretch ability, I think, dude, come on now. Like I'm down for that as a number three. And again, we talk about total professional wide receiver. I think his hands are steady. Um, again, he's, he's not out there making spectacular plays, but he'll make the plays that are available to him. Um, and I think every team would love to have that, honestly, uh, from their wide receiver three. So I, I really like Z- uh, Darius Slayton. Um, and it sounds like you're a buy with uh, Darius Slayton as a wide receiver three, uh, not yep. just for the Giants, but for anybody. Yep, 100%. I think if he's your third best receiver, I think you're doing pretty good for, for yourself there. He is not a... He is not a he is a certified not goofball, I think. Okay, good. (laughs) There you go. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing. However you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launcher online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast hey rob bradford here i have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what i have known for some time baseball isn't boring now i have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show players managers gms and yes even the commissioner of baseball rob manfred it has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices so join the revolution subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring listen on your odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast you'll be glad you did this is reception perception the show now james cole and matt Harmon. Uh, hey, talk, talk about vertical stretch speed here. How about Matt Collins? That is certainly the role that he plays um, for the Raiders here. But, um, man, he's on the field a ton. Oh, my gosh. I mean, the guy's on there like almost 100% of the time. It's absolutely craziness. You, you and I had talked about this before. Josh McDaniels, to me, has made a real big mistake, I think, um, in having Matt Collins as the certified wide receiver two out there at all times, two wide receiver sets. You're still having Matt Collins out there. Whereas Hunter Renfro, I thought played really well, obviously out of the slot, but he has shown that he has success playing outside as well. Now, again, is he going to beat you over the top? No, that's not what he's going to do, but a professional wide receiver on the outside and still win some of these routes that outside wide receivers are going to win. And to me, 
I thought it was a big mistake putting Mac Hollins um, out there ahead of Hunter Renfro. But what did you find after charting him for a few games? Yeah, who knows um, what the deal is with the Renfro thing. Obviously, he's been banged up this year, but um, he did return. Uh, this past week off IR and Mac Holland still ran more routes than Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro. And he yep. had a higher target share or the second highest target share on the team uh, did, did Mac Hollins. And I, uh, you said vertical speed. I mean, I think he might be one of the slowest wide receivers I've, I've ever, <laughs> I've ever charted, but he definitely, but, that, but, but that's his role on that team, yeah. you know? So, I mean, and you could say, Hey, they, they probably miscast him there, which I would agree with. Yes. Yeah. Well, you're right. Like 27% of his routes were nine routes, 18.9% post routes, uh, 27% dig Good routes, God. which again, oh, it's, Jeez. and by the, like, who was I, oh, who was I talking to? Um, oh, oh, my producer at, uh, my pot, my Yahoo podcast, John Gennaro and I were talking about this. Like we were, cause we were talking about Matt Collins on Sunday. We're like Matt Collins, a captain on this team. Cause you know, he's got the C on his Jersey. He made he the, cap- he made, the captain is a special teamer. And he looks like a special teamer playing wide receiver, by the way. It is bizarre that he is – like, I'll, I'll spoil this. I think Mac, I think Mac Collins fits into goofball tier, okay? I mean, okay, it is bizarre. <laughs> yeah, it is it is bizarre. Yeah, And he's huge, okay? So there's that. He's like 6'4", 215, something like that. If you – what do we talk about with Jahan Dotson and wide receiver sizes? The sizes see 6'4", 210, and they're like, oh, I'm hot in the pants about that. But, like, yeah, yeah. he just can't move. He can't get open. I mean, the down, I'd say he 27% success rate on downfield – or uh, t- excuse me, 27% routes were nine routes, 20% success rate on those patterns. So, hey. sure, sure, he can win with size, but it's not It's not very often. I mean, it is, it is a p- pretty big detriment. And he's not a good zone beater either. 52.6% success rate versus zone coverage. That oh. is a really that's – a, that's a bottom barrel league mark oh. number. Um yeah, I'm, I'll, I'll be selling Mac Hollins as like a I, – I don't think he, this is a guy you need to have as like your third best receiver. It's no wonder that the Raiders haven't had the passing offense that everybody expected because they have, you know, Mac Hollins out there, I mean, running I, – I, absurd. And, um, yeah, it's just crazy to me. I want you to kind of dive into the whole Hunter Renfro thing too because I think, like I said – from what I saw last year, and the numbers would certainly back this up, man. But like the guy did play some outside wide receiver. Uh, maybe it was a off the line because this guy's obviously not going to be yeah. press coverage. But I'm not saying he's a vertical guy, Hunter Renfro. But the dude can line up outside and make plays. You just have to design a little bit of offense um, to work around his skill set. But dude, the guy can win. So I just I don't understand. Why it's not in two wide receiver sets. Why is it not Hunter Renfro and Devontae Adams? Why? I don't understand it. I mean, you think it's got to be a health thing, right? Like the, the fact that because, you know, Matt I mean, Collins even was, early in the season, though, that's not what it yeah. was. You know, like it just didn't it it just didn't make sense to me. I know. And and Darren, uh, Derek Carr and, and uh, Hunter Renfro had a great mind meld last year. I agree. With right. You that- and what's crazy about it too, James, again, which is why I think it's got to be something injury related. Cause this is a staff that extended Hunter Renfro in the off season. They gave him a new contract and this staff too has done the same thing with Julian Edelman. And look, Edelman's a great player. I think Renfro could be like a, you know, maybe a poor man's Julian Edelman type player, or just mm-hmm. basically, I know we're just stereotyping small white guys in the slot right now, but 
we ain't gonna be all right. Hey, we ain't, we ain't a first podcast to do. It. We won't be the last. All right. But um, <laughs> like this is a staff that with Josh McDaniels and the boys that had done this with um, with Edelman in New England when they had Edelman and Danny Amendola in the same offense. They had Edelman right. play flanker outside. You know, they'd they'd move him into the slot sometimes, yeah. but a lot of times, I think it was the the two thousand maybe two thousand eighteen Patriots offense, maybe two thousand seventeen. I, I might be mixing my years up there or whatever, but there definitely definitely was years where Amendola and Edelman were like two of their top guys. I mean, those guys played in New England for years. It's hard to right. remember, but there were years where they did that, and and, and Edelman functioned as a flanker. Why can't Hunter Renfro play in that role? I don't know. I mean, it's it's very weird, and just I think it's I, the Raiders didn't have a good wide receiver build to begin with. Um, this was a clear weak spot coming in. It was like the Raiders were very fragile. I know I said this a lot in the offseason that yeah, the the trio of Adams, Renfro, and Waller looks awesome, but there is this this is a ghastly spot coming in this third receiver spot. And, you know, they've got Keelan Cole, who's very different than Matt Collins. He's like a, he's a speed guy. He's a guy that can separate yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Um, but Matt Collins, man, it just, I, I don't know. They, they must honestly, I, you know what I kind of think it is James. And, and I know teams definitely get themselves into this brain pretzel sometimes. And, and maybe they're right about this. I'm, I'm not sitting there charting run blocking for these wide receivers, but the Raiders have transitioned to being a real run heavy team, a, a team that, beat you up with Josh Jacobs. Right. And and I think obviously if you're going to sit there and tell me who's going to block between old Matt Collins and, and well, Hunter Renfro, sure. I think sure. that's that maybe that's it. Maybe that's the reason. I mean, I guess, but that just, I don't see it. That doesn't make a lot of sense to me for, Hey, by the way, from a usage percentage wise, right? Like the reason I'm saying like, Oh, well, you know, Hunter Renfro and you know, he can line up outside the coaches have last year, put him outside as an outside wide receiver 30% of the time. This year, that number has plummeted to about 10%, right? So he has played almost 90% of his snaps as an inside wide receiver, whereas last year it was more like 70%. And I feel like that split is pretty important. Um, Mm -hmm. And by the way, he was pretty – I mean, the guy was – pretty effective as an outside wide receiver too, you know? So uh, six of his nine touchdowns last year came when he was lined up out wide. So again – I think he can get it done, and I am surprised, just like you mentioned, Josh McDaniels has seen this this kind of wide receiver play as an outside wide receiver. By the way, you talk about Julian Edelman. You know why he played outside? Because he's one of their best players. And right. you yeah. got to have your best players on the field. You just figure out a way to keep them out there. You know, And I just struggle to find a way where you can like look at Matt Collins and say, this is one of my guys that I absolutely think is one of my, you know, top two or three offensive players. I just, I'm, it's, it just boggles my mind and I cannot get over it, man. Like I just cannot get over it. You know, I'm not, I'm not like one of these big time Josh McDaniels haters or whatever. And there's definitely big time Josh McDaniels haters out there, but this is, I'm struggling with this one too. um, Just because it's so, it's a huge limiting factor, man. I mean, the the lack of yeah. speed from Hollins, the lack of separation from Ugh. Hollins, and it's it's you're putting a lot on Derek Carr to to make those throws to a guy who's just ne- so infrequently in the in the right place. And I mean, like I said, Hollins was a special teams captain. Yeah, he's a special teamer. That's where he's but he's been throughout the course of his 
uh, career for the most part. Uh, although I do, res- hey, I got to respect the hell out of Matt Collins. You know, he scores that touchdown during this last game against the Patriots, uh, which, by the way, was a real poor game from him overall. But he scores that touchdown on a contested play, of course. Uh, and course. he just gets it right up in the camera and goes, I'm him. I'm him. Like, okay, well, <laughs> shout out to you for the confidence, pal. I'll I, shout know, out. I, I love it. I love, love it. it. I love, yeah. By the way, by the way, some of the best hair in the game as well. Oh, so yeah. respect on the hair, no doubt. And um, any of okay, the guys so- that have great hair that hang out the helmet, I love you dudes because you're the easiest oh, guys yeah. to chart. I mean, the easiest guys to chart because this is this is so niche, like film Twitter stuff. But you guys don't understand how annoying it is when and the Bengals do this all the time. They'll all get out there and they're all obviously wearing the same uniform and they all wear like knee high black socks. And it's like ugh, and black, black, black gloves. How am I supposed to figure like it takes then it takes it takes a sec. It takes like a three or four you. seconds longer to be like, look at okay, you. That's, okay. That's Chase because oh, I know he God. stands like that. Okay, boom. That's Chase. Let's go. But if it's oh, Hollins with that hair hanging out, I'm like, boom, gotcha. <laughs> this so is, stupid. <laughs> this is so stupid. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> We're in the weeds, baby. We are in the weeds. All right, Livy's trying to steer the ship back in its right direction here. Um, okay, a vertify like a verifiably, you know, I think good deep threat, in my opinion, is DPJ. Um, and I think that you know, outside ability is why a lot of folks thought that this guy might actually have some serious sleeper appeal, uh, in, you know, in the fantasy football pre-draft process as we came into 2022. Um, okay. But what did you find? Because again, I see DPJ, I watch him out there. I'm like, yo, this guy can actually play outside. I think he, you know, a lot of what he does is vertical and I think he's pretty good there, but I'm not the charting guy. What does the charting data tell you about DPJ? Okay, so uh, and again, remember DPJ fits into that bucket of guys at Zay Jones, like that. I'll never forgive myself for not charting in the off season. Um, okay, and this is despite the fact, like there are there are, as I always say about DPJ, whenever we talk about him, there's at least like five, six, seven DPJ bros in my Discord that have been banging down my door to chart DPJ <laughs> all this time, and, and I, okay. I, yeah, I dropped the ball, dropped the ball. Don't know what to tell you, but uh, the current sample on DPJ. Um, he's not a separation guy down the field in the, in the vertical game. Absolutely not. But he is a pretty good 50, 50 ball receiver. He's actually kind of similar to Zay Jones in that he is a better zone coverage beating receiver than a, um, than a man coverage beating receiver. His man press scores in the three games I've got here are pretty poor. 51% okay. success rate versus man 57.7% success rate versus press. Um, oh that's despite the fact that he's lining up outside on at least 70% uh, of his snaps here. So, right. Not, but the, but the zone coverage score, you know, is right around similar again, very similar to Zay Jones, right around like 60 or 76, uh, 77%. So pretty solid there. Um, the, the routes where he's best on actually sort of like, we're talking about his best routes as dig routes, curl routes. Uh, you know, those are definitely intermediate routes for sure, but he's got some skills as like a quick separation guy on flat routes, for example. Um, but yeah, I don't. I think he is a very good intermediate receiver, not a very good deep receiver, and not consistent enough beating man coverage. Um, to me, for me to think he can, like, I actually kind of think DPJ would would make a high quality vertical big slot receiver. Um, hmm. But he, that's not the role he plays at all uh, with the Cleveland Browns, of course. So um, that's kind of my read on DPJ. I, I sort of kind of come down in the middle on him. I think like more higher sample, more games could potentially 
get me to like him a little more. Uh, but right now I sort of come kind of in the middle uh, on him. Um, if you're wondering why there are DPJ bros, it's because his athletic profile is so interesting, man. What an interesting athletic profile this guy has. Uh, a wide receiver out of Michigan. Okay, 6'2", 212 pounds. Uh, pretty big wide receiver. You know, not a small guy by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, ran a 4.4840, which is, you know, that's that's about average. You know, that's that's average uh, size speed comp. Uh, but, man, a 44 and a half inch vertical jump. A yeah, he can get nearly, up there, too. That oh, shows dude, up on film. 139 broad jump. I'm like... I'm sorry. What? A 44 and a half inch vertical. What? Uh, and again, a guy at 6'2", 212 pounds. Um, those are like basketball numbers, man. <laughs> like what is that is on. That's a very, very interesting athletic profile. Uh, and again, when you pop on some of his highlights too, it's like, golly, this guy just gets up there. Uh, and and frequently tries to win at the high point too, right? So uh, very interesting athletic profile, and I think that is why a lot of people are intrigued. I'm certainly intrigued uh, by DPJ, um, but again, I, I, he obviously has limitations. And I do, and from just a route running skill perspective, he's obviously not there. Oh God, he turns like a freight train sometimes against man coverage. It's uh, mm-hmm. not not quite Mac Collins ish, but okay. there's definitely. <laughs> there's definitely a few times where I'm watching like, God, man, get out of that break. Like let's, let's go. Let's have some of that broad jump, that explosiveness, right? Put it into the, let's put it into the routes here. Okay. So we need, we need DPJ to round out the technique a little bit and look, it's, it's, what is this? This is his, uh, he was a 2020 pick. So this is his Mm -hmm. third year. We need it. We need to start getting the, um, you don't want to, you don't want to become too, uh, Gabe Davis ish. I I, actually in a weird way got, I know this. I'm competent all over the place here, but there were a little bit of like Gabe Davis vibes uh, with DPJ. And I guess from a usage standpoint, that's actually a little more accurate there. Like a guy who's not a consistent route runner. And I think that's going to limit his limit his ceiling to being like a below average uh, starting outside wide receiver. All right, there you go. Okay, let's move on. Um, I want to talk about the primary slot guy there for Minnesota. KJ Osborne obviously had a humongous game uh, last week against the Indianapolis Colts. It was largely his best game, I think, as a pro. Uh, Is that level not sustainable? We all know it's not sustainable. But But. is that going to just be like his, you know, his high water mark forever? And uh, is this guy a, a quality starter or... Uh, again, is this somebody that uh, the Vikings might be moving on from? Uh, he is intriguing to me. I, I, I came away kind of the most intrigued by him in terms of these guys that we're talking about relative to expectations, of course. And it's funny, too, because remember all of the hot air that was spilled um, in the offseason about Justin Jefferson playing the Cooper Cup role, being the slot guy. And it's like KJ Osborne has been has been the slot guy. Um, <laughs> right, exactly. I'm actually a little surprised that and you know, I maybe this is going to happen in the next couple of weeks, or maybe in the playoffs. That like, I would think that KJ Osborne actually profiles as a better outside receiver, uh, and maybe mm. Adam Thielen. Remember when Adam Thielen used to play the slot? Like, why is Adam Thielen yeah. not their slot receiver in Minnesota? You know, I mean, maybe they trust him as a technician a little more. I mean, Thielen is not totally toast or anything like that. So I don't mean to, I don't mean to imply that, but um, you know, Osborne is he's kind of he's he's pretty sloppy. Like uh, some of his fundamentals are not great, uh, but he is a guy that 
is really explosive and, and could really separate. And and that ability that ability against man coverage, that speed against man coverage, I think actually would make him a pretty interesting outside receiver if he tightened up some of those fundamentals. But yeah, he's a sloppy guy, but definitely I mean, pretty explosive and he can, he can get down the field, man. I mean, we're talking about like a, a guy that's 71.4% success rate on the nine routes in the two games that I sampled. Um, that that's probably his best stuff right now is his ability to get down the field. Um, but he showed some flashes on dig routes and slant routes for me to sort of at least keep like an eyebrow raised that maybe he could be more than like a speed slot receiver. Um, but right now that's obviously the role he's playing for the Vikings. So let me ask you about his hands, because I think that's one big question mark that oh, I have yeah. about KJ Osborne, yeah. um, you know, a career, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a career 61% catch rate um, for a guy that's in the slot. That is so far below average. I don't even know what to make of it, right? Like if you're, uh, if you're primarily a slot man and he plays about 70% of his snaps out of the slot, Listen, man, like you got to be catching somewhere north of 70% for him to be at 61% catch rate. And again, it shows up on film too. Like, uh, is that something that's correctable, man? Or, or am I missing something? I mean, just overall, I just feel like the hands are real shaky, dude. Sloppy fundamentals for sure. Um, especially in any sort of contested catch situation. Um, uh, that, that even in that big game against the Viking or excuse me, against the Colts, I, I believe I had him with five contested catch attempts and he only caught two of them. Um, mm. Some of some of the, the catch rate stuff, even on slot receiver routes, I'll put a little bit of blame on Kirk cousins being okay. um, a little early or a little late with some of those throws, especially over the middle. If there's any sort of pressure, I mean, you know, I believe Kirk cousins has been hit more than any other quarterback this year um because of <laughs> the Vikings offensive line has been a little hit or miss and, and anytime that you get pressure on Kirk Cousins you know he's gonna he's gonna speed up that clock he's gonna speed up that clock and get that ball out early so I think some of that is the, is what is influenced in the catch rate there but yeah from a fundamental perspective I think KJ Osborne has ta- that's the thing is I think he has talent I think he has physical ability um but the the fundamentals need to be tweaked up both as a route runner and uh, as a as a actual catcher of the football Hey everyone, this is Brett Boone. Would you know it? I've got a podcast going strong in our fourth year. Tune in as I sit down with my friends, some of the biggest names in sports, media, entertainment, for a lot of fun and in-depth conversations. As you know, baseball's been my life. It's been in the family for a long time, but it's a lot more than that here. It's sort of like taking a ride in a golf cart around a beautiful track. Join me every week for multiple episodes on the Brett Boone Podcast, available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Perception, perception, the show now. James Cole and Matt Harmon. Okay, so I wanted to get to this next guy because I'm very, very um, intrigued by Rashid Shahid there in New Orleans. Um, I I had a markdown. Was it on this show that I talked about Shahid as a potential deep sleeper? Um, anyways, regardless, I really like him. Uh, he's got interesting athletic traits. He didn't measure anything. Uh, either at the combine or the pro day because he was recovering from an ACL tear. Uh, but man, you pop on and just like watch Shahid play a little bit. And you're like, dude, <laughs> this guy is an absolute athlete. Okay. Now beyond him being an athlete, does he have technical skills at the wide receiver position? Yeah. And I only have two games on him cause he's not played very much. Um, no. but he has started the last two games, which I think is interesting, uh, especially coming out of the bye. 
I'm I'm intrigued by Rashid Shahid as well, dude. I think from a route running perspective, he's the one thing he's got to get better at. Uh, you know, sixty percent success rate versus press, which isn't god awful, but it's certainly below average. He's got that stupid hot move that like young players that uh, yeah you know, they haven't quite refined their release move yet. You'll see him do like the hop one direction on the yeah. line of scrimmage, and they're trying to. It's like, come on, mate, you got to stop doing that. Like, get again, get into the release, get off the line. You're wasting time. Um, he does that. That's irritating. But from an actual man coverage standpoint, 68.2% success rate versus man coverage, which is not like absolutely outrageous or anything like that, but it's right about above the league. It's about, it's above the league average. And again, two game sample, stuff like that. We, we, we know he's also, he's also a rookie. Yeah. He's a rookie. He's a rookie, a a small, um, a smaller guy, thinner guy, which might show up. Some of the, the, the press coverage stuff might always be an issue with him, but I think, if he gets his technique right, that might be a, an area where he could could round into form there. You know, he reminds me a little bit like if he fully develops as like a T.Y. Hilton type of player, um, you know, speed guy. And my God, dude, think about the speed that New Orleans has right now with Chris Olave and Rashid Shahid when they put those guys on the field together. Um, I, I came away pretty impressed with him. Obviously, nine route success rate, really good post route success rate. Phenomenal. Um, he can absolutely, he can fly. And if he continues to get the technique up on like a 75% success rate on curls, 72% success rate on slants, if those scores can improve the longer he plays, I mean, we're talking about a guy that might be like, uh, maybe a starter for the saints, uh, but certainly like a a starter in three wide receiver sets. I think he could be that guy. Uh, this is a guy that uh, made his hay as a special teamer, right? Like this is a, a somebody who at Weber state had a bunch. I, mean, I think he had like eight, um, punt return. Weber state. I know Weber <laughs> state. It's in, it's crazy. Uh, but no, you're right. He, he is a, a, a smaller ish, right? Wide receiver. We're talking uh, five eleven and uh, a buck 85. Right. Um, but man, as a special teamer for Weber state, uh, uh, very elusive. And I think that, you know, start stop ability, I think shows up as a receiver. You talk about him getting a little bit more playing time too, because again, he went to Weber state. He is, was primarily known as a special teams guy. Um, and for the first early part of the season, and remember he's a rookie for the saints, he played about 15% of the snaps. And then over the last three or four weeks now, he's been pushing, you know, over 55%, starting to push 60% of the snaps played. And, and I understand that uh, injuries have certainly uh, played a big factor in that, but isn't this also the archetype of player, Matt, where he's a rookie. So he doesn't play early on. And then after the bye week starts to play a little bit more, starts to put a little bit more on tape and is making bigger splash plays. Um, and that's the thing that this guy does, right? Like it's splash play city uh, with Shahid. Oh yeah. I mean the post route he ran uh, with Taysom Hill throwing a, a throwing him a touchdown against uh, the, the Falcons last week. That was impressive. That was speed. I'll tell you, I'm again, this is another clip I want to, um, want to highlight and, and post uh, potentially on Twitter and, and Instagram and stuff like that in the next couple of days. I'm going to try to do more of this stuff, especially in the off season when I'm charting, but um, yeah, there's a, there's a great play against the the bucks where he's lined up as an X receiver. He's got press coverage here against, I think it's 35 Jamel Dean there for the, for the bucks. He's not one of their better corners, but whatever um, he get this in this, in this particular play, gets off the line of scrimmage in a hurry. Doesn't do any of that hop and BS gets right into the go route, stacks the defender, gets separation Dalton of course doesn't 
doesn't get it there, gets it there a little <laughs> late, and, and, <laughs> and Shahid okay. stops, turn, turns around, tracks the ball, wins a, a difficult catch there, despite Beautiful. having the early separation. That was like, for Beautiful. me, that was like, that's wide receiver stuff. That is playing big boy, real life NFL wide receiver as a smaller guy. That's the type of stuff where I'm saying, okay, if he can continue to develop in that way, maybe we are looking at a potential T.Y. Hilton, John Brown, that axis of wide receiver. T.Y. Hilton was a longtime number one for the Indianapolis Colts, but I think John Brown uh, profiled more as like a really high quality number two. Um, could I assume that is what you are saying about Shahid, that playing maybe opposite as a of a dominant number one in Chris Olave? Could Shahid uh, actually be a, a very consistent and reliable, uh, maybe top end wide receiver two for the Saints? I mean, y'all know I love John Brown. Okay, so everybody knows that I love. I'm a big, big John Brown fan. So I'm, I, I don't. I, I'm just saying, like axis of player, player style, player archetype. These guys mm -hmm. and Ty Hilton, sort of all comparable to me. Um, but yeah, just it's so early. It's so early to say like he could be that guy. But I think at the very least, like the Saints, I I feel very good in saying like buy or sell. I'm buying that the saints found something in this guy and he will continue. Yeah. Even if he becomes like a, remember Devery Henderson for the saints way back in the day, like yeah, yeah. that guy would just pop up for big plays <laughs> out of nowhere. You know that right. maybe he, I'm thinking very worse. He's that guy. And by the way, that's an incredible floor to just be like, Hey, every three games or so this yeah. dude's going to just rip it. He's going to rip a huge play for us. And, and th that gate like turn flip the field. I think the saints found a guy like that. And I do think, if he shows more of those wide receiver signs that he did in the, these last couple of games, maybe he could build on and be like a John Brown type of player. Well, if he's going to do that, he needs to be, he needs to be more than just a vertical guy. Um, and I think from what I, I can tell, man, I don't know. Like, like I said, I like his short area burst, dude. I, so I, I think he can win um, in the short and intermediate areas of the field. And boy, I tell you, man, if he can do that, he's such an interesting player to me. Um, I, I like I like what I see in Shahid. I do, and, and I remember him catching like a, a long one, like in like week one or two or something like that, and, and it was just so random. And I was like, "Who in the who in the hell is Rashid Shahid?" And I completely brushed him off. Uh, and then over the last, you know, again three or four weeks, he's become so much more of an integral part of the Saints' offense. As a matter of fact, played north of seventy percent of the snaps uh, there in uh, the Saints' last game. It's just, man, I'm I am very intrigued by the upside of this young player in Shahid, who again is this unknown rookie out of Weber State. So um, yeah, let's let's just keep a let's keep a little tab on him and see where he is at. All right, opposite end of the hey, spectrum. Just re rest, sorry, rest of, rest of season two for for Shahid. Um, yeah. I'm not ruling out that like he could just from a fantasy perspective, like. Matchup against the Browns, you know, they're definitely more of a run defense and a pass defense, a pass defense exploitation matchup type of situation. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Eagles, we'll see how much the Eagles are really giving it all. They're all in week 17. Like, I, I'm even thinking just like rest of the season, he could make a little impact here. Um, and then we're talking like, yeah, shoot. We could be pretty excited about Rashid Shahid if they have a quarterback there. Just a ton of team speed with him and Chris Olave. So I just keep an eye on him in like a cheap DFS prop bet type of situation <laughs> in week 16. I kind of like it.
Uh, the pro the problem is that you people like you and me we're gonna like prop him up in this off season. That <laughs> that's what's gonna drive his price up. You know what I'm saying? But like, oh my gosh, this guy was so under the radar. Um, but yeah, no, we'll see. We we shall see uh, what happens with Shahid, who, by the way, each and every week for the past three weeks has increased his total yardage um, and snap share as well, going from 53 percent to 61 percent to 71 percent of the snaps for the new Orleans saints. So you can tell that the saints right now are starting to believe and maybe trust a little bit more, uh, in this rookie out of Weber state. All right. Like I said, Shahid though, was not very, um, I guess, well touted coming out of school, small school in Weber state. But I tell you what, man, Terrace Marshall was, um, and coming out of LSU played a lot of slot receiver. There was uh, such a size speed freak, uh, people like me, and I'll be—I'll just be honest with you—I was crazy excited, insanely excited about Terrace Marshall, and he did absolutely nothing for about a year and a half. I know you charted him last year as well, and the numbers looked freaking terrible. But I would say over ever since the coaching change, there's been a little bit of a change for Terrace Marshall as well. What has your charting data found uh, as of late for Terrace Marshall? So I think he's much better suited to the role that they have him in now. Uh, because remember last year he was playing still some of that slot receiver stuff. And yeah, I mean, his reception perception profile was horrible uh, as a rookie. Uh, you know, one of the worst success rate versus man coverage scores I've ever charted, um, you know, below 40%. That's pretty bad. That's getting you into the uh, Justin Hunter territory. Uh, you don't want to be in the ju- you don't want to be in the Justin Hunter Jalen Rager zone. And uh, <laughs> Terrace Marshall was in the Justin Hunter Jalen Rager zone yeah. last year. Right. Uh, this year uh, he's playing like more X receiver. In the games that I charted, ninety two point four percent snaps outside, eighty four percent on the line of scrimmage. I think that suits him best because even if you remember from his reception perception college profile, he had pretty good. He had really poor success rate versus zone numbers, but his man and press score were pretty good. But then when you looked into it a little further, his two best routes were, and really the only two routes that he was above the collegiate average were go routes and slant routes. You look at him so far this year, go routes and slant routes. That's still about it. Um, not, not a lot of success on uh, anything else. Uh, 58.8% success rate on nine routes, 80% success rate uh, on slant routes. Those are the only routes where he scored uh, above the uh, NFL average on on those two routes. Um, he was over forty percent success rate versus man, but forty point seven percent success rate versus man coverage uh, for for Terrace Marshall this year. I was hoping for better for my guy Terrace, uh, but I'm, not, <laughs> I'm I'm still like I don't I don't see him. I think in a best best case scenario, he would be like a poor man's Devonte Parker type, and I just don't think that. I think those guys are pretty limited role players. I, I know Parker's had some career success, but he's had like one good year, right? With with Fitzpatrick like throwing up the war yeah. horse. And I'm saying like he could be maybe a poor man's version of that. So for, for the positive side, he's in the right role, okay, for that. But like being an X receiver, sure. that's where you, you want him to go up there and um God be still and that's the thing, the most disappointing thing about Terrace Marshall, not the separation stuff, but he's just so inconsistent at the catch point. Um, and that was, he was great at that in college. He was a great contested catch receiver in college, but 
that has not shown up. Uh, five contested catches in the sample. I have here just one uh, contested catch uh, conversion there. So, yeah, That's I'm, strange. I'm, I, I don't know what that. I don't know what that is because he has the size, he has the speed, the athleticism is all there. Um, so he's definitely a guy that can win on go routes, can win on some slants and crossers and stuff. But um, yeah, no, I, I yeah, no, I, I, I still am not very optimistic about Terrace. Okay, there you go. Uh, last year, the guy played about 40% of his snaps uh, out wide, so about 60% in the slot, so primarily a slot receiver this year. And, and actually, that percentage actually kind of tracked through for the first couple of games under Matt Rule, too. He barely played, of course. Um, but, uh, but, you know, with the coaching change now, he's played 86% of his snaps lined up out wide. I mean, that you talk about flipping it from like 40% to 86% out wide, man. Like that is such Sweet a deal. different role change. Um, you've talked about it a lot. It, it's almost like a different, a completely different position when you're playing outside uh, versus playing as a slot man. Yes, for sure. I mean, look at, like I said, slants and, and, and go routes, because one thing I think Terrace is pretty good at it, on these slant routes is like he'll use the sideline to his advantage and take a, he'll take a defender to the outside and snap it back inside. That's probably the best thing he does right now from a technique perspective, but um, you know, dig routes, uh, flat routes, stuff like that. I, he just is not there. Even like deep, even out routes, he's not there from a slot receiver perspective. That was just a bad position for him. I don't give a, I don't give a damn that he played it in college, right? In Joe Brady's offense, and they had Joe Brady and stuff like that. To me, he was never going to be a slot receiver in the NFL because he's not that type of route runner. But he's an athlete, which is why he's good on the slant routes, which is why he's good on the nine routes. Uh, I think if you keep him there, he can be like a pass. He could be a passable third receiver, but a guy that you probably want to probably want to upgrade from. I think Carolina desperately needs to add wide receiver talent. I mean, they're like the they're like the Island of misfit toys behind DJ Moore. You know, they've got Terrace Marshall. They took on LaVisca Chenault yeah. this year. Right. You know, Shy Smith is up in there dropping passes for them. I mean, they, they desperately need better at wide receiver two through four, uh, two through five really on the depth chart. And I, I yeah, I'm, I know Terrace has had a couple of big games, but what are we talking about here with Mac Hollins? Like, if you're out there running routes on 90% of the dropbacks, you're going to fall ass backwards into some good <laughs> statistical games in the NFL. Right. No, that's true. Even his game against the Falcons, like there's a lot of bad plays there, but he ended up with a good stat line at the end of the day because, you know, he's out there running go routes and like he catches a cut one or two of them or, you know, one that's or two of those matters. slant routes and takes it after the catch. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, uh, I'm just not buying that there's like a big career revival uh, for Terrace Marshall, but um, again, poor, maybe a poor man's Devonte Parker in a best case scenario. Parker didn't have a good year, a rookie year in reception perception, neither no. obviously here did Terrace Marshall. So I think that's probably where I'm at with him. Um, okay. Yeah. You know, based on, based on the in season charting data, I will, I will be a little bit more optimistic with Terrace Marshall because he is such a, like such a freakishly good athlete. Um, that I, I believe that if he's able to kind of figure out some route running ability um, and expand on his slant and go routes, um, I think also confidence is a huge, huge mm. factor. And I think his body language, um, you know, over the last, you know, three or four games, you can just tell, man, like he is really starting to feel himself just a little bit. Um, yeah. and, and I think that plays such a big 
factor. And some players, they just have it, right? Uh, other players, they need to develop that confidence. And I, and I wonder if Terrace Marshall is starting to develop a little bit more confidence. Obviously, he had that uh, when he was at LSU, just bodying up these 5'10 DBs. Not doesn't necessarily have it uh, in the NFL, especially when he was thrown into the doghouse by uh, Matt Rule and company. Uh, but I think overall, I, I would say I will have a little bit more optimism uh, for a player that is a good athlete. And as you mentioned, has a baseline where if, if to me, I think if you have a baseline of being able to win on nines and being able to win on slants, well, I'll tell you that that's interesting, you know, cause yeah. if you, you only got to build out, you know, a couple more things there. Uh, before you start to become a really effective player. And I don't think that contested catch thing is going to, like, I, I know, I, look, I, I know that he hasn't been good on it this year. But I, again, when you go back and you look at some of the things that he's been able to do, he, he I, I still think he's got that. F- hey, fair enough. Um, look, I mean, right now, Christian Watson can only really run uh, slants, goes, and deep overs. Um, yeah. You know, I, I think Christian Watson has more, freaky athletic ability that if he oh, takes yeah. a step as a route runner he obviously can oh, yeah. way out kick this but that's why i kind of want to give the Devonte parker example because parker has at different times been a slant and go guy only during it shoot during his best season with ryan fitzpatrick like i mentioned you look back at the reception perception charts slants and goes uh were his two best routes that's why i think i i, I mean you're probably right that the floor is there for him to be a useful nfl player i think he can be a Last year, based on the the data, if he had stayed in that role, I don't think he could be a useful NFL right. player. But in this role as an X receiver, which like, hey, if we can just get DJ Moore out of the X, you've done your job, <laughs> Terrace. I'm happy with, with that. Yeah. But but yeah, so I, I think he could be a useful NFL player in this role. Um, but is he ever going to be like a high volume, hundred plus targets? I you know I, I don't know that he'd be that type of guy. But a no. useful NFL player, he he might be that guy. All right, there you go. Um, interesting list, man, because again, these are not marquee dudes that we are talking about here. Um, and a good game that we just played here in terms of buy or sell. Uh, and I am very intrigued by some of the names uh, on this list. And and to be honest with you, I'm sure I'm sure fan bases are also wondering, like, are these guys legit? Are they not legit? Uh, well, our dude, our, our guy, Matt Harmon's on the case, man, and, and trying to figure that stuff out for you. Um, as well. All right. But our time does run short, man. A a good long podcast talking about a bunch of rando dudes, Matt, but that's (laughs) what we do here on reception. That's what we do. That's what we do. Uh, People, I think people honestly sometimes would rather hear me talk about, I I don't know. There's a, there's different, different type of people subscribe to reception perception and like reception perception. There's some people that are like, yeah, give me all the details on how good Devonte Adams is, on how <laughs> good Stefan Diggs is. And right. you know, obviously been ahead of the curve on those guys previous to this year. Um, I don't know that we have the next Stefan Diggs in this group here, but I definitely think there's a segment of RP subscribers. And, and Hey, if you have opinions on this, please like tweet at me, hit me up in discord at Matt Harmon underscore BYB. If you're a subscriber, get me in the discord. Like I love for you people to tell me what you want. Like if you would, ra- if you rather hear, look, I'm never going to stop charting like the great players in the NFL. Cause I need my yeah. sanity and, and it's just all part of it. But um, <laughs> if you want to hear more right. about like potential goofballs, it's always good to round out the database. I'll say that. Yeah, there you go. There it is. All right, but our time does run short, man, uh, and I appreciate everyone listening. Um, I tell you what, if you haven't subscribed to the podcast, please do. And uh, if you haven't checked out the website, go check out the website as well, receptionperception.com. But for now, 
Uh, we got to go, man, and we're going to let you guys go as well. For Matt Harmon, I'm James Coe. We'll see you.